Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 27 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee our way through the 1988 Bruce Willis action movie, Die Hard, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is DJ Valentine of the Simplistic Review Podcast. Welcome back to the show, DJ. Thanks for having me back on to talk about a movie I love so very, very much. Um, I don't know why yeah. I cry. I'm crying. I'm getting emotional. I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> don't cry too much don't cry too much i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm, I'm breaking it on i'm sorry <laughs> don't don't cry for me uh argentina so argentina don't, yeah, don't, don't cry we're talking don't, about cry, don't hey there you go don't cry for me nakatomi don't cry for me nakatomi i will not be on the avita podcast i apologize but i have no <laughs> desire to ever watch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> i i saw it once or twice so, but don't worry it's 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 not high on my list, so you don't have to worry about that one. <laughs> it's, a, it's low on the totem pole of... Uh... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, Minute 27 begins with Hans looking at a cowering Ellis and ends with Hans whistling while he works. So, uh, yesterday we, we were talking about the fact that Hans was beginning to go over uh, Takagi's uh, dossier. 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 And uh, we, we got cut off by him saying University of California. So why don't you continue from there, Hans slash DJ? Uh, <clears throat> 1955, law degree, Stanford, 1962. MBA, Harvard, 1970. President, Nakatomi Trading, Nakatomi Investment Group. Ah, you skipped the vice chairman. Oh, but sorry. I did, I, I'm sorry, it's very small. Vice chairman, Nakatomi Investment Group. Enough. And father of five. I am Takagi. (laughs) How do you do? (laughs) It's a pleasure to meet you. I mean, my favorite part of this is and father of five, which essentially just gives you how much the stakes of this right there where he like he's again, he's doing the snake lion through the prey thing and then when he mentions his children it's like he almost looks gleeful like ah <laughs> I have right but, but there's also the whole idea that I, I was thinking about this is that why you know does does takagi know that that was the next thing on his dossier maybe, you know <laughs> maybe normally if you're going through a dossier you're gonna say all the different things someone does like why would you mention okay and you know father of five okay but what about what's his wife's name is the wife's name is joyce i mean i don't know you know it's like Right. See, see, the thing about it is, I I think Takagi just wants he he's not a he as we talked about his backstory earlier. He ain't afraid of nothing. He's been right. in an internment camp. He's not afraid of nothing. And this guy is threatening people he cares about, and he doesn't want to be known as the cowering, you know, person in the in the corner because Holly right. is kind of holding him back. And I think he just ha- he he's, he has enough of it, but. Hans glee in reading and saying that line every time I watch the scene I always if I'm watching I always go mouth it to myself and father of five (laughs) 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 it just shows at that moment Hans doesn't give a damn (laughs) about this family he will kill kill him indiscriminately the fact that he's a father probably helps him in the situation in his negotiation uh negotiation uh uh, uh, part where he's at so that i always uh i love and again 
and makes Takagi look heroic. The movie could have been about Takagi. <laughs> He's so right. If they went a different way, this whole movie could have been about the cat and mouse between Takagi and Hans. But it's just, it's just, a, it's just a good scene. It's a good scene. Yeah, it's a great scene. The way that they they, they play this all out. For sure. Now, I mean, I did a little bit of the math. So since since Takagi was born in, in 1937, so he finished university at the age of 18. Yeah. Which already yeah. says something about him. I mean, here he's, you know, he's very intellectual and able at it would by the time he's 18 to finish college, you know, at the University of California. And then yeah, and he was on a scholarship. So therefore, you know, let's say he was 16 when when he went in or maybe right. 15. You know, that, that, or they just got the math wrong. You know, it's one or the other. Either way. <laughs> then, then uh, you know, he finished Stanford with an MBA at the age of 25. Right. And he finished, uh, sorry, he finished his law degree in Stanford at the age of 25. And then he finished his uh, MBA at Harvard when he was 33. Right. So, I he's mean, smart. again, he's, he's very smart. <laughs> he's, he's very accomplished. No question about that. This is the guy... This is the guy that Hans wanted to match with wits with. And I think to a point he we'll get into the the, the elevator scene in the next episode, but uh, uh, I think he admires him a little bit because as we've just if he knows his bona fides, he knows that Takagi is not some spoiled rich kid. Right. He's, a, he's rich because he he, he took the long way around. Yes. Hans going for the short way around, but I think he admires this guy. He's like, well, this guy, one, is probably as smart as me, and two, he ain't no punk. <laughs> He's not going to be, I have to come with my, I have to come with it to to to, to get him to do what I want. Yes, so, for sure. Situation. Okay, so do, do, what do you know about Stanford University? Stanford? Yes. Uh, I know Andrew Luck quarterback there i know uh the guy bill walsh coach there he kind of made up the west coast offense mostly it's all sports stuff they right. know their mascot was a tree for some some do you, do you know what the, the university's name who's the university is named after stanford no who was the name oh. after okay so it was first of all it is a, a it, it was created in um <laughs> stanford california which is really right. funny it's, it's near palo alto Okay, right. the, the campus is one of the largest campuses, university campuses in the United States. It's 8,180 acres, and they have over 17,000 students. It's ranked among the top universities in the world. So it was right. founded in 1885 by Leland and Jane Stanford in memory of their son, Leland Stanford Jr., who died of typhoid at the age of 15 the, the year beforehand. Um, Stanford himself was a U.S. senator and was a former governor of California who became a railroad tycoon. And, uh, you know, the, the rest is history from there. Hmm. Okay. The, after he died in 1893, the, the, the school, the, the university struggled a little bit financially. And then once again, in 1906, after the San Francisco earthquake, they had problems, but what they ended up doing was, is they tried, um, convincing their students to start, uh, companies to build industry and it, it it's right next to the Silicon Valley. So, you know, or what, right next to what became Silicon Valley. So obviously, you know, in the twenties and thirties, they were getting their students to, to start all these little businesses and they, they just did an amazing job of it. As of, um, as of this year, 
they have won 131 NCAA team championships. That's I remember. <laughs> That's just amazing. It's more than yeah. any university. Okay. And they have won 296 Olympic medals, including 150 gold and 79 silver medals, obviously students and alumni. Right. There have been 85 Nobel laureates from, from uh, Stanford, 29 Turing Awards laureates, eight field medalists. Okay. There are, um, based on all the companies that, that alumni have founded, they have produced more than $2.7 trillion in annual revenue. Whew. And they were able to create 5.4 million jobs. And it, it's basically the equivalent of the seventh largest economy in the world based on all the money that they've, they've, uh, they've garnered from that. There was uh, one president who was, uh, who, who was a graduate of Stanford. That was Herbert Hoover. There are 74 living billionaires and 17 astronauts. Sorry. I know. 70, was it, how many, how many billionaires did I say? 74 living 70, billionaires. Isn't Elon Musk one of them? Then Musk I, I don't know. I, I didn't look at the list of 74 uh, billionaires and there are 17 astronauts that, that graduated from Stanford. I know, I know a couple of the alumni. I know, um, Tiger went there. Tiger Woods. Right. Uh, I know Reese Witherspoon dropped out of there. Uh, somebody else. I yeah, it's a guy, it comes up a lot because I watch a lot of uh, sports, and right. you watch these college football games, and they'll be like, sometimes they'll do like a pick 'em, and they'll have famous alums pick the games or whatever. So every time they go to Stanford, you'll see one of these celebrities come up there, and they'll be like, you know. Uh, Tiger or whatever, uh, Reese. Uh, I think I think Jennifer Connelly might have went there. It's mm -hmm. it's it's oh, wow. it's it's yeah. It's it's it, the alumni is deep. Put it that way. Yes, for sure. Now, what's really amazing, and th this this surprised me, and I'm sure it's going to surprise you too, that according to Forbes, um, Stanford has produced the second highest number of billionaires of all universities. It's the second highest. <laughs> we just said there were 74 living billionaires, and it's only the second highest. What, what do you think would have would have, would have been the first? Any, Harvard, any guess? I would assume, Harvard, I would assume. Yes, which is the next thing we're going to talk about because you know uh, Takagi graduated from Harvard at the age of thirty three. Okay. So Harvard is a private Ivy League research university in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Do you know when it was founded? Any clue? Way before my time. <laughs> way before. Everybody's time. Before everyone is listening, <laughs> put them all together and it's poor. It was it was years ago. It, how many? Hundred? No, it's 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 almost four hundred years old. It was oh, it was founded yeah. in in sixteen thirty six. Yeah, yeah, it's a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, so in in another uh, fourteen years, it'll be four hundred years since it was founded. That's just amazing. By the Puritan <laughs> clergyman John Harvard, it is the oldest institute of higher learning in the United States. And still remains among the most prestigious in the world. Okay, they have a um, library there that is the largest academic library in the world. It has they have seventy nine different libraries that hold twenty point four million items. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> there are eight U.S. presidents who who have graduated from Harvard. There are 188 living billionaires because remember we said, we said before, by the way, a ton of right, celebrities. <laughs> that's right. But we said before 
that there were 74 billionaires in Stanford. This they have 188. Think about that. That's like two two and a half times the amount. Oh That's gosh. just or almost two and a third amount. Whatever. Um, do you know? Are, do you know some of the uh, celebrity alumni? Because one of them we mentioned. Well, I know one episode. of them. Every, everyone we, we we know that uh, Natalie Portman is a famous yeah because of the uh, social network that kind of was a big yes. deal. Yes. But one of them we mentioned last episode. Can you remember who we mentioned last episode? Who oh, was wow. a graduate from Harvard? We mentioned this person. We mentioned someone. Well, it wasn't John Candy, and it no. wasn't Steve Martin. <laughs> that, that no, it wasn't them. <laughs> I have to look. I I don't know. Maybe they. Maybe uh, John Candy went to Harvard. No, he's no I don't think so. I don't, I don't think either <laughs> of them did. Wow, we mentioned it last episode. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. And it wasn't yeah. it wasn't Scrooge McDuck, right? And um, I know this off the top of my head. <laughs> off the top of my head, I know. Wasn't Scrooge McDuck? No, he's no, not. <laughs> wasn't Scrooge McDuck. Okay. So give give me a little bit of a hint. You know, he was on my top five list of uh, favorite Die Hard uh, clone movies. Oh, you're talking about yesterday. Yes, oh, I think you were talking about. I think you were the the last the, time you were on on plane trains and automobiles. Right, right. Oh. Last, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Dang. I'm I'm trying to think back months, and you want me to just think about yesterday. <laughs> Sorry, I apologize. That's fine. No problem. It's it's <laughs> it's a perfectly shirt, understandable okay, you know? misunderstanding. Okay, so it wasn't Keanu Reeves. It no. probably. Well, yeah, yeah, you don't know that. You don't know that. No, I'm 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 I'm. I'm I'm trying to, to you know th- I'm thinking this out. He's from California. He'd have gone to Stanford if he went in. Okay, that's true. It wasn't Keanu Reeves. It probably wasn't Dennis Hopper. All right. Um, it was definitely not Sylvester Stallone. We don't uh, know that. Maybe John Lithgow. All right, I'm gonna put him on the it side is for John... now. John. Oh wait, yeah. come on! I'm going through it, and you already all right. You, you, did. Th- you got on the third try. Not John Lithgow. John Lithgow. Was well, I was just going through the movies. You know, and <laughs> I was gonna say it wasn't it wasn't Steven Seagal. That's for sure. Well, you know. Um wait a second. Was it was it wasn't it Tom Lee Jones? Tom Lee Jones also went to Harvard. He yes. was he was he and Al Gore were, were roommates at Harvard, weren't they? Or was it Yale? I think it was yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Al Gore. I'm pretty sure it was them, yeah. Right. I think I came up during the election back in the day. It yeah. could be. All right. Well they they had uh, Tom Lee Jones uh, you know announced Al Gore's uh you know nomination as president back in Right, uh, right, right. Or nomination on the, the, the Democratic ticket back then. Right. Mm-hmm. So what else? Uh the alumni have won ten Academy Awards. <laughs> That's okay. Crazy. One of them Tommy Lee Jones. One of them Natalie Portman. There we go. <laughs> Two of them there. One of them Matt Damon. I think Matt Damon went to Harvard. Have it, have it. <laughs> we I think Mira Servino. You gotta go pack went, the car. I'm trying to remember all the ones that I know went to Harvard. Mira Servino, Conan O'Brien, he didn't get an Oscar. Uh, I, I'm missing a couple, but yeah, <laughs> those are the ones I can remember. <laughs> right now, the, the the link they had here, if I clicked on Academy Awards, goes to the Academy Awards. It doesn't go to the list of them. No. <laughs> so that didn't didn't help. You know, that's the problem with Wikipedia. You know, you click on on words that are highlighted, and it takes you to the real event. It doesn't take you right, to right, what right. you're specifically looking for there. Um, they've gotten 48 Pulitzer prizes and 110 Olympic medals. Which include 46 gold, which actually means that Stanford has more uh, Olympic uh, medals. Wait, 150? Wow. Yeah, Stanford has 150 Olympic medals, and how many of them were gold? There were no. Sorry, Stanford has 296 Olympic medals, 150 gold. They Stanford blows Harvard completely out of the water on this one when it comes to Olympic medals. 
but I, I think there, there are other places where they, uh, sort of <laughs> are a little better. They went like in other ways. <laughs> you know, like, like the Nobel laureates and stuff like that, you know. Right. There, there are a few more from, from Harvard. Just, just a few more. Mm. You know, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, pretty amazing. Now, there, there are a few movies that, that, that they allowed to film in Harvard itself. And they actually, because of controversies, they stopped allowing movies to film there. Do you know what, can you think of, the, the, I have a list of three movies that were, that were filmed there. Our social network got allowed to film there. I'm not, I, I, <laughs> I, I don't think so. No. So, uh, I, I, I would not know. Okay. So the first one is a uh, love story. Oh, of course. From 1970. Right, right, right. Okay, <laughs> but but that was the movie that caused a lot of damage to Harvard. You know that uh, all the things you would think it caused damage to Harvard. Love Story is the one that did it. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> Bob Evans not happy that uh, Rob Evans not happy that. that, right. that, that then you have uh, the Paper Chase, which they allowed to be filmed there, which is a really fun movie mm-hmm. if you've ever seen that. But uh, law students trying is that to, Jack uh, Lemon? No, 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 no. That, in the paper chase. It's with uh, John Houseman. John Houseman won won an Oscar oh, okay, for okay. it. Okay. okay. And then a movie that I've never heard of called The Small Circle of Friends. So basically, the the uh, the Harvard's policy since 1970 has been to permit filming on its property only rarely. So most mm-hmm. scenes set at Harvard, especially indoor shots, but especially aerial footage and shots of public areas such as Harvard Square, are in fact shot elsewhere. <laughs> It's like the CIA building in every movie is a, is a old the last time they use aerial footage of the CIA building is right. from like 30 years ago to just keep re, just keep color grading it to make it seem like it's more new. Yeah, right. So I mean, we, we one of the things we glossed over because it happened at the end of yesterday's minute and the beginning of this minute is is Ellis. Okay. Right. Now we all know Ellis is stoned. You know he missed the spot, and you know <laughs> he, he's still you know you you see that he's just completely paranoid and freaking out. By everything that's going on here. So the last you know, thing you want to do when when uh, there's a, uh, a hijacking or anything is a line of blow. <laughs> that's a, because you're already you're gonna you're already amped up, and now all of a sudden there's guys with automatic weapons firing them in the air. That's the last thing you want to be. If he was on like weed or something like a, a, a downer, he might be a little bit more chill. But because he's so amped up, <laughs> this is the worst. I, I agree, place. but but part of the problem is is it's not something you can anticipate. No, no, you know, he, he wasn't he wasn't thinking that far ahead. It's like, should I should I take this line or shouldn't well, I? I don't know mm. what the terrorists it's, are going to pop. Are there going to be terrorists? Are, exactly. <laughs> you always got to know where your terrorists are before you do your cocaine. Okay, completely. <laughs> that's that's the rule. Completely, completely. And I mean, I I love the way that you know he's just like looking around, completely paranoid about what's going on, and. You know, we, we get a scene where Hans takes a look at him while he's walking through everyone. And he looks at him and he, he's, he's not, I wouldn't say he's disgusted, but he looks like he's just about to start laughing that this, there's no way that this is the guy. <laughs> I don't think so. I'm, I'm going to keep, you know, next, <laughs> you know, going, going forward, <laughs> moving Remember, along. He's moving looking along. for his equal. Hans is looking for his equal. So he, he rests eyes on Ellis. He's like, no. <laughs> well, as we find out later, Ellis thinks that he's t- he's actually yeah. he doesn't even think he's he's uh, Hans is equal. He's, he's he thinks he's him. above him. Yeah, he yeah. thinks he's better than him. But we know who gets to win that one. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. 
and and then after you know he he cordially introduces himself to Takagi, so Carl just like pushes Takagi away very forcefully. <laughs> you know this is all done very cordially and stuff like that. And you see you see uh, Carl walking around with him. Also, they're looking around. They're looking at all these different executives. Okay, who's Takagi? Who's not? Who's this? And then they find Takagi is like, oh, nice to meet you. And then let's push you out of the way. Let's push you to where we need you to go. Right. And then the the scene cuts, and we finally get to see John McClane again. You know, we see him, uh, you know, coming out of a stairwell, and he's looking into he's looking onto the floor that he's on, and there's this really strange sign on the wall there. So first of all, you see that there's a name board, which you can't make out any of the names. You know, which we later on will will uh, you know we'll find the name of Bill Clay on there. You know, in Clay, a, Bill Clay, exactly in in a Completely different area, I assume, of of the building. Right. But below that, there's this what looks like an an electrical board or something like that, electricity board or something like that. And it says some strange things on it. It says ETA, Circuit Breaker uh, Protocol Reset. And then it says Procedures. And then you have A, B, C, and D, but they're all blank. So I guess the production manager forgot to fill in those uh, little details <laughs> along the way. As that to... decorator was like, oh, I'm, I'm tired, man. <laughs> just... Nobody's going to be looking at this, you know. <laughs> I just did Holly's office. Give me a break. <laughs> yeah, it's like, but but it's, it, it's really funny. I mean, it, it does flash by within a second. So, mm-hmm. you know, no one expects anybody to, to actually, uh, you know, do a minute-by-minute podcast on this. But still, <laughs> yeah, you know. 30 for, years for, in the future. They don't, that's they, right. they, for, <laughs> for all those, those, uh, those, uh, wannabe set directors and, and, you know, remember that when you're doing things, somebody might be looking at your movie somebody at some point. Like details matter. Yeah. Yeah. I, w- I would love to be able to read some of the names on that board because I'm assuming that some of them are jokes. You know, I, oh, I, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. But, but <laughs> here, uh, it says Feederly. Feederly Fannin. Gefeller, Gordon, Gordon, uh, Kating, Kateling, Leonard, uh, Langra. Uh, it's hard to hard to read what exactly it, it, it says it, there. It, it 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 it's kind of like a what's the word? I don't say a fetish, but a thing that we, we when I was in film school with my co- one of my co-hosts on the Simplicity Reviews podcast, Justin Pelosi, we we did a short film and we had a a, a scene in an office. It was a dean's office, and we had to put a whole bunch of stuff. And they were just putting paper in there, and I was like, "No, nope, uh, give me, give me a day." And all the paper in the office is written by me and or him, me or Justin, and it's all this information that's never on camera. <laughs> it's just never shot. <laughs> it's the, I mean, we had like uh, the, it was one of the it was like a file on a student, and we we're just making up stuff, all these little details, just in case the camera caught a glimpse of it and we watched the movie back and never was on camera <laughs> just in case somebody one day wants to do a movies by minute well, podcast. minute by minute but yeah we were always like, it was, it was like all the posters in the room we were like we'll make up bands and we'll, there's in case for this, a, a half a second it gets shot and we see it and they're like oh, okay that's a little so there's little, little details like that sometimes and some movies yeah. do it a lot i mean i, I know edgar yeah. wright is very good with doing that where everything is the little details are everywhere throughout his movies Right, <laughs> and then the, the 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 shot pans, and we we get to see the you know the to the other side of the it goes to the other side of the room, and the music changes a little bit, gets like a little more suspenseful, thrilling, mm-hmm. stuff like that. 
we we see like a desk that has a uh, a little uh, white Christmas tree on it, which uh, you know if that was my desk, there's no room to actually do work on the desk because of that Christmas tree is so big. <laughs> it's the holidays. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Exactly. But so you think you don't have to work? <laughs> no, of course. It's the season of miracles. So be of good cheer. <laughs> yeah. Come on. <laughs> and, you know, John just takes a quick glance into this computer room, and then the next thing we see him is back in the stairwell. We find out that this is floor 33. And then he continues up the up the flight of stairs, you know. And what what's great is as he's walking up the stairs, we we hear him, you know, reminding himself what is there. He goes computers thirty two, construction thirty three. Getting the lay of the land, just in case. <laughs> exactly. You no, know, but it's also it's also for us. It's also to 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 let the viewer know a little bit about what's what's going on on these floors. And stuff like that. And then the, the shot changes and we go back into the elevator and we're, we get a great close-up shot of, uh, of Takagi's face. You know, he's trying to figure out what's going on here. You know, we, we can see Tony behind him holding his gun uh, forcefully up in the air. And then we see on the other side, you know, it, it moves over and we see Carl, whose hair is blowing like he's in the middle of... of <laughs> How dare you make fun of Carl's magnificent locks? <laughs> I'm not making fans. fun of them. What I'm saying is, is he's in an elevator. Where is the wind coming from? That his it's just that, his aura. His aura is blowing his hair back. <laughs> it could be. It could be. <laughs> and and then uh, then we we get Hans who who starts to whistle. He whistles like Christmas tune. Now technically he's not whistling. He's going. He's humming. He's humming. Singing Ode to Joy to himself. But yeah, I always get into arguments. I don't know if you probably have already, I don't know if you've discussed this yet or you're going to discuss in the future about this being a Christmas movie or not. And I yell at anybody who tells me it's not because every ounce of this movie shoves Christmas in your face as many times as possible. So I don't know yes. what, okay. what they're talking about when they say that. He doesn't. He could be singing anything, but he's singing "Ode to Joy." Why yes. is he singing "Ode to Joy"? Because it's Christmas Eve. That's why it's Christmas Eve. Yes. <laughs> right. Sorry, so, I, I'm yeah. going on a tangent. I can go on That's a tangent right. about this being a Christmas movie. Or not. That's right. We'll, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> I warned you about that. We'll get there. <laughs> um. And uh, so, do you have anything else you want to say about this minute before uh, we get into the script? Uh yeah I, I mean, only thing I would say yes is that this is this is we we're talking about last uh yesterday about how Hans keeps flipping his perception of himself now he's gonna do it again right probably definitely at the end of the next uh at the end of this elevator scene we're talking about tomorrow but yeah it, he's gonna he's he keeps flipping it back and forth and now he's he thinks he's found his opponent for this whole thing yes and Takagi I think uh as hard as a man he is as friendly as he is but as as strong-willed as a man uh he is he also makes this and people give Ellis a lot of crap Takagi makes the same exact mistake Ellis makes in this movie yeah <laughs> and I will get into that later but that it is the exact same mistake and we'll get into it later which which is why well we won't because you won't be here next week when we really get into that but yeah oh right right right, right. well yeah. You know. <laughs> But I'll hint around it. I'll dance around the mistake. There you go. There you go. 
so the, the script has uh, uh, some nice descriptions here. Remember, we mentioned yesterday that the whole bio doesn't appear. Right. But at this point, you know, after Takagi is, is it's mentioned to Hans who Takagi is. So it says Hans steps towards him, extends a hand, and then says quite civilly, Mr. Takagi, how do you do? My name is Hans Gruber. <laughs> and then it says, Takagi is confused by his charm. Hans waves right. politely in the direction of an elevator and with an armed escort takes the executive away. Camera adjusts to show Holly concerned. And then we see the 33rd floor. And it says McLean pauses outside the stairwell door to the 33rd floor. He presses the handle and cracks the door open to reveal a computer floor. The computer machinery drones on under the lights behind plate glass windows. McLean quietly closes the door and moves to another floor. McLean mumbles to himself, 32 construction, 33 computers. And then back into the service elevator, Hans, Takagi, Carl, and Tony riding silently. Hans alone seems relaxed. He whistles. We recognize it as a snatch of Wagner. <laughs> that, that, that how do you do is the, uh, the diffusion. Yes. He always goes very father of five, like he's drooling. And then he goes, how do you do? Like he yeah. just turns it off <laughs> right back, <laughs> right back to charming. And then he'll get very, very menacing again. He keeps flipping it where he goes, it's a pleasure to meet you. Where he's like, now he sounds like the snake in Jungle Book <laughs> where he's yeah. just going to bite your head off. But the how do you do just completely shuts off the tension. I think the score stops when he says it too, where the score is like getting really, Michael Kamen's score is getting really big. And then it goes, how do you do? And it stops. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so good. Rick yeah. is fantastic in this movie. But yes, yes, that's one of my favorite parts. <laughs> For sure. So every Tuesday, we have a segment called Off the Beaten Track Holiday Edition. So DJ, you got a nice uh, holiday story about something that happened to you, an adventure, misadventure, you know, that, that happened around the holiday, holidays. It could be any type of holiday. Yeah. Uh, we used we used to live in a cul-de-sac back when I was in high school, and on the Fourth of July, uh, we were firing off, let's just call them not legal fireworks, uh, with a uh, metal pipe, and uh, my cousin's aim got a little off, and you know, one of the fireworks uh, hit the roof of a neighbor's house, and it didn't light it a flame, but it singed it pretty bad. <laughs> Needlessly, we like ran the house and hid, and we we're just waiting for the neighbor to, to just come and get us and call the police on us but luckily for, for us they were out of town that weekend and came back to find the roof it has a big look like a black skid mark across the roof and they they uh because of where we lived the the park there was a park maybe a two and a half minute walk away that was actually setting off legal fireworks and the neighbor assumed it was from them and sued the city <laughs> oh, wow. for the damage to their roof, never knowing that it was us. <laughs> Until they listened to a podcast years they later, a podcast and they're like, oh, crap, it was later. DJ. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You'll never know what city it was. <laughs> never know. <laughs> yeah, but it was those people living in the cul-de-sac. There you go. <laughs> yes, the cul-de-sac neighborhood, yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, great. So thank you for that story. That was a good one. So DJ, you want to once again tell people how they can get in touch with you? Uh, I'm on Twitter as uh, under trying to be DJV. Uh, you can search Simplistic Reviews podcast, the show I am one of the third uh, three hosts of. Uh, search Simplistic Reviews on YouTube, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, the dark web, we're everywhere. And uh, we listen to us uh, make fun of movies and TV and uh, 
do and silly little sketches and die hard <laughs> <laughs> where me and my friend Matt who looks exactly like Ellis he dressed like Ellis for Halloween uh <laughs> did he really uh, we, oh wow uh, we did a, we did a sketch where it was um I was uh, Hans and Justin he does a pretty good Bruce Willis and uh, I had Matt do Ellis and we did a sketch where we're just talking about our show but we're doing it in the interrogation of Ellis radio scene and it was like great because I was like, man, you look. We're not. Nobody can see this, but you look exactly like Alice. <laughs> you, you have the beard. You have everything. You're perfect. But yeah, oh, wow. uh, yeah, that's our, that's our show. We make fun of Die Hard all the time because we we. I am just one third of a of a podcast where all three of us know Die Hard backwards and forwards. Like I don't really need to know when you when you told me to come on the show to talk Die Hard. I was like, okay. Should I write notes? Not really. I know this movie so well. <laughs> I, I I got it back right in my brain, right on the right in the old uh, kebab up here. So yeah. All right, excellent. And while you're doing that, you can go rate, review, and subscribe on any podcast you might be using to listen to this show. You can find me very simply just by doing a quick search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find me on my website. You can find me on Twitter, and you can find me on Facebook. So DJ, you feel like coming back again tomorrow? I'll be there. <laughs> Or be square. So <laughs> until tomorrow, yippee ki yay. Yippee ki